Come see our live shows. We're going to be in Chicago, Rosemont, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, New York City, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Stamford, Toronto, Toledo, Detroit, St. Louis, and more. Go to JimmyDoor.com for a link for those tickets. Hey, this is Jimmy. Who's this? Hey, Jim Jam. This is George <laughs> Clune. How the hell are you? <laughs> it's Joe. Oh, my God. It's it's so great George Clooney called. How are you? Best friend of the show, George Clooney. I am content. Send out to the max in my leg and thriving. <laughs> Pretty beautiful state of affairs, if I may say so. That's great, George. And as much as pride may go with before fall, I must say I am proud. Not just of my gorgeous gazelle-like wife oh. and our two beautiful <laughs> children, but of my union, SAG-AFTRA. Ah, yes. So you support the strike, yeah? You better believe I do, baby. Union all the way. I'm a union guy. Always have been. I, I mean, hell, I'm a borderline wobbly. I've always said it. But I'm not wobbly on workers' rights, those I support wholeheartedly, unwaveringly, some might say, including me. You know, you made some comments about this to CNN, I believe. Absolutely, I did. You got to talk to the old can-can when you want to make a statement to the people. I said that this is an inflection point in our industry because I know some words. Huh. Some would say big words, or should I say expansivized words. <laughs> what? Well, what do you mean by that? Jimmy, we are at a point where writers and actors are no longer able to make a living, and the fat cats at the top are trying to squeeze them even harder. It's time for them to stand up. Okay, I see. Now, I'm not talking to me here. No? I'm set. For life, right? Like, you have no idea. I'm sure I don't. No, I know you don't. <laughs> you have absolutely no fucking idea. And if you did, Jesus Christ, you'd be so mad. <laughs> like, it's insanely unfair. It's a real paradigm. Okay. So, yeah, this isn't about me. I support the fuck out of it. <laughs> But it's not for big Hollywood stars getting bigger paydays. That's not what this is about. This is about the work-a-day guys, right? <laughs> the guys who show up and do the job. It's about the, hey, I recognize him, Harry's. And the, she looks so familiar, Sally's. And even the, who the fuck is that guy, Freddy's? I got you. I see. These actors are the backbones of the industry, and the George Clooney's of the world know it. <laughs> Without them, there is no us. My favorite type of guy to hang out with on set, it's the who the fuck is that guy, Freddy's? <laughs> you know, just some nobody. Trying to eke out a living in this crazy burg. Just hungry. It's inspiring. And I get a kick out of knowing that after we wrap, he's going to go back home and tell his six roommates about <laughs> hanging out with George Clooney. I, I would. I know you would, baby. <laughs> and what's even more beautiful is the actors are now standing shoulder to shoulder with the writers in this strike. Yeah. For the first time since God knows how long. Right. I know. And normally you wouldn't see that, that kind of solidarity, because mm. actors and writers don't always get along. No. We know we need each other, but, you know. Cats cut from a different cloth, let's say. It's problematic. How so? Well, you know, 
know they can't do what writers do, and we accept that. But the writers know for sure that they can't do what we do. Not in a million fucking years. And it drives them nuts because we're getting all the BJs. <laughs> they know they can't be George Clooney. You think Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to melt staring into Lawrence Kasdan's eyes? Give me a break. Okay, I got it. So they're, you know, they're kind of bitter little fucks, you know, uh, jealous. <laughs> they have that easily personality that comes with wishing they could perform, but being wholly unequipped to perform. <laughs> so they just look down on actors in our perfect physiques as a coping mechanism. Just pathetic, bony arm mouth breathers with bad posture. Wow. But hey, they're standing up straight for this strike. I got to hand it to them. <laughs> what would be really funny is if the directors went on strike too, because both actors and writers know we can do that shit. <laughs> Not hard at all. Go stand over there. Okay, boss. <laughs> right. So are you going to be on the picket line yourself? Oh, God, no. I'm not even in L.A. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you, George? Oh, I'm in Lake Como oh, at my Italian estate. Oh. oh, is it 5 o'clock already? It's villa time. So, uh, uh, I, I watch videos of Lake Como on YouTube. I just watch for yeah, hours. I that's do. That's me. That's where I am. <laughs> so you're supporting the strike from afar. Which is what I do, baby. And I do it well. I might even make a little front-facing video telling them to hang in there or something like that. Just to let them know that the clune is on their side and always will be. I'll wear a tuxedo with the bow tie undone and everything. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. I'm sure you're right. I put in my dues, Jimmy. I'm sure this will all get straightened out also. In fact, I could probably straighten this all out myself with like three phone calls. But damn it. I'm just so inspired by these young cats on the street. I just want to see how it plays out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, that sounds a little callous, but okay. Yeah. What about you, Jimmy? Are you striking? Am I striking? No. Yeah. Marching for anything? Mad about anything? (laughs) Got a fire in your belly? Just feel like being outside? No, I get it. I'm an indoor cat myself these days. Well, I got to go. I think the uh, first course is coming out soon. I hate to leave my guests waiting. Ah. Man, what a pleasure to talk to you. What a treat. <laughs> Next time I'm in town, let's hang. <laughs> you and me, epic hang. So, sounds good to me, pal. It doesn't just sound good. It sounds precipitous. <laughs> Ciao, baby. Love to the family. Establishment media sucks. All gaslighting, so good luck. Bullshit we can't afford. He's fomenting this. Watch and see as his jack off the medium speeds and jumps the medium and hits him head on. It's the Chimmy Tour Show. We're here with a special guest, ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show. He is a leftist social critic, journalist, and commentator, Nick Cruz, who's also a host and co-founder of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, what's poppin', Jimmy and Kurt? So, always good to do your show, man. It's always good to see you. And so I saw this on the Twitter, and it's one of the, our favorite things to talk about is, is the Democrats and Republicans, are they materially different? 
And so I saw this. Uh, I guess Cornell West went on Sean Hannity's show. I didn't know that. I didn't see it. I saw Cornell West go on Anderson Cooper's show. How do you do with Brother Hannity? <laughs> I heard it freaked out Sean when he called him brother. <laughs> <laughs> he started looking like more like the eagle from the Muppets. I got I got to watch that. But anyway, Kyle Kalinske watched it, and he makes this argument that I, I that we like to knock down. So here here it comes. Why overwhelmingly do minorities and African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, why are they still continuing to vote in large numbers in the Democratic Party? Because they're a trillion times better than Republicans and we Ooh. have a two-party system. What, what scale? <laughs> How many <laughs> Scovilles above them? I think it's the Barbie movie hair that's getting... <laughs> I don't know what it... What? A trillion times... Nick, do you want to just I'll j jump in and what what would you like to say? Yeah, about my friend Zankin said the hair dye is getting to his brain. It's <laughs> like a these people times now worse than his old hair. He's like Ken without the charisma. <laughs> yeah, after the brain campaign, these people just became full fledged Democrats. Now they don't even hide it now, and he, they endorsing a guy who's who literally cut millions of people from the health care. That's who they are saying is better than the opposition. I remember when they used to be against ICE. Jimmy, do you remember that? I when do. They used to say abolish ICE. Joe Biden is funding ICE $6 billion more than Donald Trump did. They had a, a border industrial complex, Comic-Con, where they were talking about, like, man, it's crazy how much Joe Biden is actually funding us more than the Republican uh, administration. Well, they got all these new toys. They got robot do uh, dogs. That's because of Joe Biden. But they don't the, care about the that. They, the, whenever the, the Democrats in unison voted to crush a railroad strike, which is fascism. Yes. The Democrats in unison voted for war to saber rattle with the nuclear power to do a proxy war but in they Ukraine. Did it a trillion times better than but Republicans. They did it a trillion times better. The only people calling for the end of those wars are right wing Republicans. How, what metrics could you say that? I mean, I I think nuclear war is a little worse. <laughs> But anyway, uh, you want to hear some more? He, he has some more to say, and then we'll come back to you, Nick. We don't have ranked choice voting. We still have first-past-the-post voting. So either the Republican or the Democrat is going to win, and minority communities have accurately come to the conclusion, oh, the Democrats are just way better. They're just way better. Is that what has happened, Nick? Have minority communities come to the realization that Democrats are just way better? People like me and, and RBN and our community, they don't count. We don't count because what Kyle forgets is that half of black people don't vote. And then you take the, the amount of black people who do vote. You have around 20 percent that vote Republican independent. So, you know, you don't even have half of black people who vote for Democrat. And you can tell that he's a Democrat operative because he said that we looking at these policies and we made this calculated decision that Democrats are better. And I'm telling you, for the people who do vote Democrat, they vote out of their civic duty. They're not making this calculation. Oh, my God, Joe Biden is is factually better than Donald Trump. A lot, a lot of people vote. Uh, just out of civic duty, but a lot of people don't because they know the system has failed them. Most people don't vote because they know Jim Crow Joe and the Democrat Party offer the same thing as the Republican Party does. It's an absurd uh, thing to say. Wait, but Nick, have you figured this in? Kyle hangs out with a lot of black people. <laughs> That's why he has M&M yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, he... They he accept them as they the once did. That's, that's what, what's that? What's that, Nick? <laughs> yeah, he really got his heart in the post of the community here. You know, really what's going on. Like this is completely out of touch uh, uh, from Kyle Kalinske, and I think he just essentially takes his political taste from a uh, crystal uh, ball. I think ever since uh, they got together, he just followed her direction. 
Well, uh, I think Democrats are a trillion times better, better at saying what you want to hear as long as you don't care about actually having any results from it. They're also better, a trillion times better at talking down to you like you're a little baby. Like if you're a really good little boy, Santa Claus is going to invade your home and leave you some things of substance from Walmart. I thought a trillion times zero is still zero. <laughs> DSA is a failure because you have uh, the DSA like people like Kyle Kalinske and all these socialists that endorsing Joe Biden, as you mentioned earlier, who broke the rail strike. And what a lot of people don't mention is that Joe Biden broke his uh, his uh, campaign promise regarding giving federal contra uh, contracts to union busters. He gave a federal contract to Amazon as it was busting uh, the unions that Chris Smalls were organizing. But meanwhile, Bernie Sanders and these progressives do a photo op with Chris Smalls as they endorse the guy who undermined his union. It's really disgusting what these people get away with. It's it's unbelievable. So like I, I like to describe it is that the, the, the Democrats are the party of war. They're anti-worker. They're anti-union. They're the party of war. They're the authoritarians. They're in bed with big pharma, uh, military industrial complex. They're doing wars now all over the place. With and they're not any. They're, they're the not party of the police state. They're the police again. They just invented a new poli uh, police uh, department just uh, 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 out of nowhere. Two billion dollars to fund it, and they won't give you a minimum wage. They won't give you health care. They won't give you free college. They won't give you education. They won't give you infrastructure. They won't fix homelessness. But they will give $150 billion to the war machine to go to Ukraine, 100% corruption. So somehow, the, and, and start, and sable rattle with me. So I'm going to play a little bit more. Maybe he'll get to how yeah. they're they're way, way better. And, and minorities know Democrats are way, way better. You know that Barack Obama and Joe Biden deported twice as many Hispanics as, as Donald Trump? Did you know yes. that? Did you know? Yes. Did you know that when Donald Trump put the ban on Muslim immigrants, ref, refugees at the airports, it was because Barack Obama had spent eight years bombing the shit out of people of color around the world? That's what turned. That's what gave us Muslim refugees. Do you not know that? You know that? No, know that Barack Obama dropped more bombs than George Bush. Did you not know that George Bush the first couldn't pass NAFTA? It took a Democrat to do that. Called. Bill Clinton, which gave the blue dog Democrats cover and they cut to the legs out from underneath unions for a generation and that a Republican couldn't do that. And that's why Bill Clinton actually wasn't the lesser of two evils. He was the worst evil. Do you think they would have let uh, uh, John McCain kick five one point one million families out of their home during the economic, the Wall Street collapse of our economy? No, it took a, a black guy named Barack Obama to sweet talk everybody. And you thought he's not going to screw us. He's a black guy. He was the tool of Wall Street. His entire cabinet came from Citicorp. That's a million times, trillion times better than Republicans. That's they're way, way better. He was way worse for black people. Black people's wealth went down under Barack Obama. Barack Obama didn't clean out the prisons. Joe Biden is the one. He's the architect of the carcer, our, our prison system, which is unbelievably racist. And he brags about it. These are things that Democrats do that Republicans can't do. So this idea that the Democrats are a lesser evil or way, be way better. He's just making that up now. It <laughs> just went no, a trillion, he just went from he went from three years ago saying I won't vote for Joe Biden and I'm done with the Democrat to now this. Wow. This is I don't yeah. know what the his you know it's like his politics have the substance of cotton candy so why not have the same hairstyle? I don't get. <laughs> so well look maybe he'll get to the point. It's, Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, it, it's absurd because as you mentioned before, Donald Trump 
couldn't get away with uh, what Joe Biden just did, throwing millions of people off their health care. So you had a center uh, for Medicare services who actually proposed uh, this new regulation that went through, based on studies, estimated millions of people off their health care. And when that happened, you had, at the time, Senator Kamala Harris, 26 other, other Democrats, including Joe Biden, they wrote a letter putting pressure, and this was around the time where Bernie Sanders said that Donald Trump is about to cut Medicare. You want to know what happened? Donald Trump folded. Donald Trump pulled the order and then they saved millions of people from health care. So now that D- Joe Biden is president, now no one cares about this. <laughs> and now the Biden administration put forward this motion. I, I can see you this story. I-, I read today. It was incredible. No one is talking about this. Kyle Kalinske lied to his audience. You, bought, you-, you may get to it soon when he said Democrats want to protect Medicare. No, Joe Biden is throwing millions of people off of their health insurance. That's something that Donald Trump even couldn't accomplish. That, the Democrats are the most and no, and evil. If Donald, and your point is, if Donald Trump was doing it, the Democrats would be, half the country and the media would be screaming about it. But because yeah, Joe Biden is doing it, they go to sleep, just like when Barack yeah. Obama did all those horrible things. The Democrats and the left and the media went to sleep. And, and that's why the Democrats are actually not the lesser of two evils. They're actually the ones who can do greater evil. And well, here we'll, we'll, we'll get are to you it. Are you going to stop going to a church just because they molested you? <laughs> here we go. Like 98% of the Republican Party wants to cut Social Security, wants to cut Medicare, wants to cut Medicaid, and the Democrats don't. Ah. Some of them do. <laughs> okay. That's a lot. But they will anyway. But they'll go along with it. Go ahead, Nick. Well, that's a, that's a lie because uh, it's the Biden administration that is allowing the Center for uh, Medicare Services to put towards this new regulation that will allow federal bu- bureaucrats to interfere with states' distribution of Medicare. And there's studies that, st- that said they're going to cut uh, health care for millions of people. And that's happening under the Biden administration. That's his government that is doing that. And Trump and the Trump government, they attempted to do that. But then they walked it back after public pressure from Democrats and Bernie Sanders who's now silent, and Kyle Kalinske, who's now silent on this story. Instead, they're running propaganda for Democrats pretending that they are the pro-healthcare side. It's actually despicable. It, 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 I would say, okay, so he's got, let's see what else. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll come up with a reason. Who knows? Trill, there are a trillion, remember, there are a trillion times better. Yeah. And Nick, you're lying because you're black and you know that Democrats are way, you're way better. You're a white supremacist. You're probably a white supremacist. Okay, here we go. But the overwhelming majority of them don't. So maybe that's why, maybe because they're better on a lot of substantive issues. Now, that's wow. not to say they're good. That's not to say they're perfect. They're far <laughs> from it. What? But if you do an objective empirical analysis as to whose policies help regular working class people of color more, it's not close. Uh, it's thanks not for the close. So that's why. <laughs> hey, thanks for those mandates. Thanks that, for the lockdowns and mandates. Yeah. You helped you a trillion times more. Hey, those seven. I bet the seventy-five thousand healthcare workers in New York State would have a different opinion of uh, how much Democrats stick up for workers. <laughs> hey, I bet. I, I bet you uh, uh, and issues. I bet they would have a different I, I idea over at the railroad. I bet the railroad workers well, would have a way different opinion. Jimmy, do you think it would be a trillion times different? So. <laughs> 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 well, he realized that black wealth tanked under Barack Obama, right? That black. was Barack Obama that led to a boom in racial income inequality. Well, it's just completely a infactual uh, argument that he's making. It's a fact-free argument, I should say, that Kyle is making here. It just vibes. It just Democrats are better. Just, that's just my vibe. 
And when he said, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they're not perfect. What do you mean they're not perfect? They just wage a little bit World War III. <laughs> Wait, they, we fund a little bit of Nazis. They're not perfect. Yeah, they fund ice $6 billion more than Trump. Perfect. Nonsense is this. <laughs> they they, they fun to go ahead. Jimmy, if he made this video just telling us uh, we were really born on Krypton and he's our dad, that would be less dishonest <laughs> than the video he did make. The, the Democratic Party, the reason why we have censorship now is because of the Democratic Party. The reason Bill Clinton took us from 50 giant media companies down to six, oh, controlled by a handful of billionaires. Bill Clinton gutted welfare at the same time as he exploded the prison population, hired 100,000 more cops, and, and deregulated Wall Street, which killed our economy, crashed it within 10 years and who got hurt the most black and brown people trade that, times that's it <laughs> these are the things that bill clinton the democrats could do that democrat that republicans could never do and by the way bill clinton had a secret deal to privatize social security with the republicans and you know what stopped it was the blowjob and you know how i know that because i read a book called listen liberal that obviously kyle kalinsky hasn't read and it will teach him that he I, it would disabuse him of this silly idea that the Democratic Party is a trillion times better. <laughs> oh, my God. He went from three and three years ago. He went. Joe Biden is beyond the pale. I'll never vote for him to, to now. The Democratic Party is a trillion times better. Holy Jimmy, shit. He's sucking some Democratic Party cock hard, Jimmy, there, hard. There's facts in that book that would turn his hair white if he saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. You had, he, uh, go ahead. You had uh, Cuba and many Cuban Cuban officials that said that Joe Biden is implementing the Cuban embargo worse than Donald Trump. You had uh, Anthony Blinken in the Biden administration that t doubled down on Donald Trump's hardline policies on Iran. You had uh, AMLO uh, from the Mexican government that has called out Joe Biden for political intimidation, censorship, and, and, and pushing for war in Ukraine. They also funding separatists in Taiwan, Nazis in Ukraine. But according to Kyle Kalinsky, these are just small disagreements. They are <laughs> He's deeply unserious people. <laughs> <laughs> It won't give us one thing they ran on. Won't give us the pri public option. Won't give us the minimum wage. Won't make marijuana legal. Won't clean out the prisons of people who are there for nonviolent. Won't do anything. Won't give us college. Won't not, they nothing. But they're a trillion times better. They just all voted to start World War fucking three. And genius yeah, says they're a trillion times better. They're the exact opposite of what Democrat. This 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 moronic idea. That somehow we have a huge choice between Democrats and Republicans. The reason why they have to pretend that Donald Trump is a twenty-foot-tall Nazi made of armor is <laughs> is is is, be, is because you wouldn't vote for Democrats if they didn't make you think that about him. Donald Trump is a disinterested fucking game show host who didn't even want to be president in the first place, and he governed zero differently than anybody else. In fact, he was less of a warmonger than the Democrats and Joe Biden by a mile. So it was more good. Easier to easier to combat. Like was like Trump was easy to combat because everyone was in the streets with us. That's right. Because they had Trump derangement syndrome, and then soon Biden took over. No one's no one's in the streets with us nope. right now. No one cares about anything. That's Boy. exactly right. And so let, let's play, let me play this a little bit more. If he has a little bit more to say, Sean, that's why they do it. Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's why. Boy, okay, so here I, 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 I just want to show you. CNN found this, by the way. This is back when you could still criticize Joe so Biden. They were a trillion times better of his a channel. 
This is when they. This is when this. This is when people d- thought that Joe Biden wasn't going to be the nominee, and they were criticizing him. So let's watch. The year 2010, we are going to change the retirement age. For- so, so this is Joe Biden bragging about raising the Social Security retirement age. This is him bragging in 1987 that they instituted a, a system which is now happening. <laughs> which is they raise their their retirement age from 65 to 67 nobody in america even knows it and by the way it's going up more watch this you cannot retire at age 65 you have to be 65 years and three months old in the year 2012 60 years 65 years and six months and he's happy about yeah, it. That he's like, smile. isn't this great? Isn't this great? We're fucking over the elderly. Isn't this great? You got to keep working. <laughs> hey, Joe Biden's still working. <laughs> that's before uh, Joe Biden was the minute. And, that's, and liberals always said he had the stutter, he had his problem. But Joe Biden used to be very charismatic. And when you look at all his 90s uh, Senate floor speeches, when you look at his 80s speeches as well, he sounded like an evil villain. Like when you look at this speech here, he has like this like James Bond style villain uh, charisma to him. And that's how he made it in politics for a long time. That's why when people say demented Joe, that's we, we being ableist because we, we talk about his stutter. No, that's, that's new because he demented. This is how, who Joe Biden was, a smooth talking villain that was waging class war against the working class. But go ahead, Jimmy. In the year, literally, raise incrementally the retirement age till you reach your retirement age between 68 and 70. So he wants the retirement age to be 70. Jeez. You boil the frog slowly until it doesn't know what's happening. So there's Joe Biden bragging in a, in a, he's with a swagger Rope about how bill. about how we're raising the Social Security retirement age. So now old people are going to have to work five more fucking years. That's right. Uh, and he smiles. <laughs> here, here he is talking about it again. He's incrementally the retirement age till you reach your retirement age between sixty eight and seven. I'm sick of so, these lazy old people. CNN's Andrew Kaczynski leads up the K file unit, and he's joining us live. So, Andrew, that clip was from 1987, but you all were able to uncover many more examples of President Biden than Senator Biden proposing changes to entitlement. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So Biden is attacking and the White House are attacking Republicans for positions that he once held uh, on Social Security. We just heard that clip where he talked about wanting to raise the retirement age uh, in the 1980s. That's something he said repeatedly. But it actually goes beyond that. Take, for instance, his attacks on uh, Rick Scott and this sunset legislation. Now, sunsetting basically means that uh, a program will get authorized for something like four years. And then if if it's not reauthorized, uh, they don't fund it anymore. That's hence where the term sunset comes from. Now, Biden introduced a bill in 1975 that did the exact same thing. It's sunset all federal legislation without exemptions for Social Security Uh, and Medicare. And what's interesting about. So he wanted to sunset Medicare and Social Security, meaning end them unless it got renewed. Why would you want to sunset something unless you wanted to end it? And that's what he was doing. What? By the time the last of my real hair falls out (laughs) from around the hair plugs, there will be no retirement for all people. (laughs) 
So watch, watch. This is CNN. Again, this is back when it was okay to criticize Joe Biden. This is Biden's bill to do this, this sunset legislation, was the first ever of its kind. We just saw on the screen uh, where he was basically boasting about uh, how he sort of almost invented this concept of, of sunsetting uh, at the federal level. And what's interesting about his attacks now on, on Rick Scott and Republicans is, is we saw Rick Scott uh, put an exemption specifically for entitlement programs uh, into his bill. Biden himself actually did the same thing uh, in 1978. Uh, he had uh, another sunset bill that he signed on. And this one specifically also put in exemptions for Social Security uh, and Medicare. Um, but, you know, it also even goes beyond that. We've seen Biden uh, over the course of his career talk about wanting to put, um, you know, Medicare or being open to putting Medicare, Social Security, things like that uh, on the table uh, in negotiations. Take a listen to this clip uh, from 2005, where he talks about even possibly being open to benefit cuts. Jeez. Raising the cap, raising the retirement age for people who are now 30 years old, raising uh, um, uh, the, uh, the tax on Social Security, cutting benefits. Uh, they're all things that have to be discussed, quite frankly. So there you go. And Joe Biden is one of the guys uh, responsible for this. These are all our military bases across the world. This doesn't have to be discussed. And we don't... This. <laughs> This is this is happening right now while Joe Biden is kicking people off Medicare. Right. That happened. Right, Nick. Yeah. Isn't it crazy and bone chilling how obedient our media is? Like the second that Joe Biden was, was chosen, you see a complete flip where you're not allowed to tell the truth about Joe Biden anymore. And that's uh, the famous quote. Like you have dictators and tyrants that would be uh, that would be uh, jealous of how obedient uh, the media in our country is to the ruling class. The second that Joe Biden was chosen, you wasn't allowed to talk about this stuff anymore. The same thing as when the second the Ukraine war started, the media wasn't allowed to talk about it as our battalion. You had BBC, you had CNN, all these Western publications that talk about the extremism among the Ukrainian neo-Nazis. And then the second the Ukraine invasion happened, all of a sudden they just uh, they, they are just far right. They're not neo-Nazis. Oh, they're freedom fighters. And the ability of the media just to change on a dime like that is incredible. Before Joe Biden was the chosen one, Kamala Harris called him a racist segregationist. <laughs> that little now, girl was me. That's right. That little girl was me. Hello? It was me. And that before they chose him. You was allowed to call him a racist segregationist. Now, I say it to this day, and people think I'm being inflammatory. People think I'm just being outrageous, but it's a fact. He's a racist segregationist, one of the most anti-black politicians in the modern era. And that's just a fact. We look at the crime bill, the bankruptcy bill, the fact that he was, was vice president under the transfer of wealth between black America and the oligarchy. Easily, without dispute, one of the most anti-black uh, politicians in the modern era, however you want to define And the that. reason why black people vote for the Democratic Party is because there's no one else goddamn to vote for. And, and like you pointed out already, half the black people don't vote and they don't even get yeah. 20. They only get uh, they don't get they only get 20, uh, 30 to 50 percent of the people who do. So the same and, as the white people. <laughs> so. And then it's just like civic duty. Like a lot of people, and, and this is what the media does on purpose. They pretend that every single vote is an affirmation of Biden's or Trump's policy. 
A lot of people just vote out, out of civic duty. A lot of people vote because, oh, my family vote Democrat or my family vote Republican, so I'm going to vote Democrat or Republican. I know a lot of people. I remember a conversation I had a long time ago when people was like, well, we, we just vote Democrat because that's just what we do. Like, it wasn't any reason. It's just a, something that our, their, your family well, used to do. And the yeah. same with a lot of Republicans. And, and so that's among the black people who do vote, which, remember, is around 45% of who do vote. And you got split that number among Republicans, Democrats, Independents. So I, the, you can estimate it's around 35 to 40% who actually do vote Democrat. And then um, among that number, how many are hardcore liberals? I can tell you from personal experience, not a lot. Just p- people falling for lesser to evilism, people who are doing their civic duty and just checking them a mark. Not because they doing a calculated analysis like Kyle Kalinske saying, oh, we all think Biden is better. No, it's just People just going through the motion of the culture, and that and that goes for every a lot of different groups as well. Now, I like to I like to cite a 2016 article in New York Times when Donald Trump won. They were stunned, so they actually went to the uh, minority communities in Milwaukee and they talked to people at barber shops and they asked them how they voted, and they found out that the black and brown people in Milwaukee at barber shops didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. All of them had voted for Barack Obama twice, and the reason they gave was, well, we voted for Barack Obama twice. And our lives got worse. We voted yeah. for Barack Obama and then nothing happened. And then and then now you want us to vote for Hillary Clinton. He, he her husband put half of them in prison with the goddamn crime bill. Right. And so the so of the people they talked to, the New York Times uh, of the black and brown people they talked to, half of them didn't vote. And the half that did voted for someone else besides Hillary Clinton. They voted for a third party. One person, I think, wrote in his own name. And so that that's what the black people did that in Milwaukee uh, during the 2016 election. And the way I know it is because the New York Times went there and asked them. But somehow Kyle Kalinske has some insight uh, that more more than you do, Nick, into yeah, African-American voting. And, and I'm going to add this as well, because uh, one of the one of my prime objectives at Revolutionary Blackout, and this is my business, right? One of the things is to tell the 35 percent, 40 percent of black people who don't do vote Democrat. I know this may be hard for a lot of people to say you're wrong. <laughs> like not only that, that many black people don't vote Democrat, the black people who do vote Democrat are wrong, are factually wrong. I want to tell them and many and I converted countless like countless black people out of the Democrat Party. You know how I do it? Very simple. I tell them that Barack Obama is responsible for destroying black wealth. I, I explain to them how Democrats are complicit with the police state. I tell them how Democrats are pro-war and they destroy Africa. All these things. You know, you want to know the response I get out of most uh, black people I know in my community and what I know in the hood? Damn, I didn't know that. Fuck them, man. Like, a lot of people just don't know. Like, they just go through the motions. They go through the, the process of voting. But then you tell them the facts, they leave. And that's why you got record amount of young black people, more the, uh, the generation that is forming ourselves that now allowing the corporate media to control the narrative, we are pushing back on this idea and we are leaving the Democratic Party in droves. So when you have shit libs like Kyle Kalinske, they say, well, Democrats are good because black people vote for Democrats. Well, your job as a communicator is to say, hey, the 35 percent of black people are wrong. You're just factually wrong when you look at policies. And that's the argument that leftists should be making, not carrying water for Democrat like Kyle Kalinske and using some of the uh, uh, misguided black people as excuse to cover for the, the Democrat Party. The first ever op-ed I ever wrote on my Substack was Barack Obama versus MLK. Why black boomers sold us out to neoliberalism. And I make the same argument that we need to go back to our black revolutionary leaders. And these black boomers who vote Democrats are wrong, period. And I would debate anyone on that. 
So that's the white moderate, right? That's isn't that we didn't, weren't Absolutely. we weren't we warned about guys like Kyle Kalinsky, the white moderate? Wasn't that what our ML? They've been bleach blondes, <laughs> right? Yeah, we yeah we we really pissed a lot of people off at RBN because there are a lot of people that make the mistake of saying that Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton is the white moderate. I'm like, no, an enemy. Like Malcolm X and Fred Hampton and many of our revolutionary leaders made it clear that people like Jim Crow Joe is the enemy that must be defeated. It's the slick liberal, the Bernie Sanders, the person that asks me for twenty seven bucks out of your paycheck every damn month. It's that person that I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to struggle with you. But then he votes to send weapons to Nazis in Ukraine. Like, that's the white <laughs> moderate that they was talking about. The one who sounds good. Not the one who's just straight up asshole. And we said that and we offended quite a bit of, of fake progressives in the Bernie community. Because every single one of them who folded to the racist Democratic Party and endorsed Jim Crow Joe, we didn't let, we didn't let, let them off the hook. I refuse to let these people off the hook because you are enabling racist, imperialist policies that are not harming just my community, but everyone from the poor working class, from the Latinos, Muslims, gay community. Everyone's hurt from neoliberal policies. And I take offense when people say they're the lesser of two evils because I was a victim of the crime bill, the victim of the bankruptcy bill. We are victims of these policies that people like Kyle Kalinske, because they're rich and they out of touch, have no idea we're suffering through. Kyle Kalinske needs nothing from government, which is why there's no urgency to his voice, which is why he tells you to keep doing the same thing over and over that got us to this place, because he needs nothing from government. Right. He's 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 now married to a 40 millionaire. He's not doesn't have a problem that he needs government to fix. He doesn't at all. And he's not going to go to war. So he doesn't give a shit and he doesn't live in Ukraine. So he doesn't give a shit. He's going to tell people that's good that Ukraine. They've gotten everything wrong. Everything about covid. Right. Everything about covid. COVID. He said he'd abandoned workers during COVID with the mandates. They'd abandoned work, workers with lockdowns and they abandoned worker everything. They So these people are, are the, the white moderates that they you've been warned about. And it's because they don't need government to do anything for them. And uh, they're just going to reinforce whatever the Democratic establishment tells them to do. And let's remember the Democratic establishment is not the lesser of two evils. Kurt, you want to say something? Can I just say something positive? I hope that Kyle is being paid at least a trillion times better <laughs> now that he's a punk shill. <laughs> Hey, you know, here's another great way you can help support the show is you become a premium member. We give you a couple of hours of premium bonus content every week, and it's a great way to help support the show. You can do it by going to jimmydorkcomedy.com, clicking on Join Premium. It's the most affordable premium program in the business, and it's a great way to help put your thumb back in the eye of the bastards. Thanks for everybody who was already a premium member, and if you haven't, you're missing out. We give you lots of bonus content. Thanks for your support. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. So in a country that sends a couple hundred billion dollars to war every month, they won't ta- we won't take care of our own people. We still don't have health care in America. Americans still don't have health care, a guaranteed health care. People don't. And if you think you're, you have a good insurance program, go ahead and get really sick. And then tell me how, how good your insurance is. Go ahead, get really sick.
or get sick in a unique way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something you didn't see coming. Yeah. Go ahead. See how your Cadillac plan drives. That's right. <laughs> so Houston just Houston just started enforcing a decade old ban on feeding the homeless. Volunteers are fighting back. Why would they be doing this? Why would they? Hey, by by the way, fun fact: the, they started doing this law got passed. This this decade old law against charitable feeding was enacted to stop Occupy protesters. Well, not officially, but that's what it did. Yeah, to so get them to stop stop occupying. They covered it with like a nice cover story of just attacking the homeless. They said it was. <laughs> they said it. They said it was about attacking the Even homeless. Even a good thing like that didn't has an ulterior motive. Uh, so that, but now, so that was really for Occupy, but now they actually are bringing it back for the homeless. Now they're yeah. actually for the thing they claimed it was for. Hey, so Alan, what are we doing here today? Well, today we are sharing food with friends that we have donated and gathered from people who were donated to us. And what's up with these four cops back here? Well, they're trying to intimidate us. They don't like us sharing food in front of the library. Mm. On average, we feed over 100 people, and uh, they just sit out here and stare at us for the whole hour it takes to assemble uh, the food that we make for the community and public, and then they ticket us. <laughs> these guys, huh? Real, you know, these are winners. It, it's a still amazing to me that Americans have a positive view of cops all the time. It's because they have to, I guess. Do you think they're just... Though, in particular, these Houston cops, a little on the Steven Seagal end of uh, physicality, let's say. Uh, do you think they're just against healthy fruits and vegetables? <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> they want to bust it like it's meth? <laughs> let's do some quick math, says Terrence. The average cop salary is $80,000. There's four of them there, so that's $320,000 in cops. The standard equipment is $3,600, so there's four of them, so that's $14,400 in standard equipment. The police cruisers, those cost eighty grand. so times two of them, that's $160,000. So if you add that all up, that's $494,000 a year to intimidate people handing out food to those in need. Are you sure it wouldn't be smarter to spend that money fighting food insecurity instead? Like, why wouldn't you take this $500,000 and just help give food to people? Because then you're feeding an addiction. (laughs) (laughs) They're just going to want more food later, Jimmy. That's how addiction works. Houston Food Not Bombs, which has been around since 1994, has now been ticketed at least 30 times for sharing free food with unhoused neighbors. Each ticket is $2,000. It specifically says feed homeless on the citation. (laughs) Wow. Well, maybe has this group thought about losing the offensive anti-bomb rhetoric in their name? (laughs) I I mean, what is it with this this racist attitude toward bombs? Yeah. I guess bombs all look alike to them, those guys, huh? (laughs) I guess we'll just get rid of all the bombs and we'll have some fascist food utopia. Grow up. <laughs> Probably doesn't even know the difference between a fat man and a little boy. Here, you want to <laughs> see? You want to see? Here we go. First of all, those cops are physical specimens, aren't they? <laughs> aren't they? Like, well, these, maybe these, they were chosen specifically for this duty. These are cops. Of course they're coming to the food thing. 
Of course, those are the cops they send to ticket people for f- handing out food. I, I mean, I got to believe, if not all of them, at least half of the cops that were there are embarrassed to be there. They got a very embarrassed look on their face. Not a lose my pension. I'm going to not do this, but they still like, do it. Definitely like a grade down lower than pot bus. Like this is. So I'll see you tomorrow. Probably okay. you too, huh? See you guys in the morning. See you tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Okay. Can you explain to us what just happened? Um, I just got my 11th ticket uh, for feeding the homeless, and this is number 30 for food not bombs. Cool. We're in front of the public library, which says that we don't have the right to, uh, you know, be here. And, uh, yeah, we're conducting a food service event without the consent of the property owner, and it says, in parentheses, feed homeless. homeless. Wow. A specialty law that is being forced specifically just on us. It's wonderful. So we will continue to protest until there is change. So Ben Craft's sedan pulled up to the downtown public library on a recent Monday evening, packed with pasta and serving supplies. Kraft was on his way to pass out fresh vegetarian meals to those in need, something volunteers have done there for nearly two decades, four days a week. People had already formed a line down the block, which faced the same park as City Hall when he arrived. Two Houston police officers approached him as he got out of his car. Officer Jeff Richard showed him a warning printed on a sheet of paper. You run the risk of violating the law and asked Kraft if he wanted it. Kraft shook his head. Richard smiled with a little nod. That's fine, he said. You have plenty of copies already. Volunteers giving out free meals with the organization Food Not Bombs have racked up 40 tickets, seeking more than $10,000 in fines since March 1st. The Houston law that they are charged with violating an ordinance against giving away meals unless you have permission from the property where you're doing it, even if the property is public, was put in place by city council in 2012, but largely had gone unenforced for over a decade, municipal records show. The current administration's decision to enforce the ordinance sent ripples through Houston's extensive network of Good Samaritans. Some have quietly pulled back from their work. Other groups have relocated to a Houston Police Department parking lot just outside of downtown, which was recently designated as acceptable public location for charitable meals. Wait, what? Yeah, police department. Just make your way to the police department from wherever you are. And that would be handy because, (laughs) right? (laughs) At the police station, you could probably identify people for old drug warrants and stuff. And you can pull them out of the food line and you can get them in jail. Yeah. Everybody wins. You at least make sure to keep track of all their faces so you have a record of them. You know, they don't go online enough. So how are you going to track them? (laughs) But in an emailed statement, a city spokesperson explained that the meal program Houston is funding at the police parking lot is designed to use food to attract people to a place where they can engage with an array of services on a recurring basis. (laughs) An array like being sprayed down with a fire hose like Rambo in a cell? What are those array of services? (laughs) In an ongoing federal lawsuit over the ordinance, The city said the ticketing was part of Houston's governmental obligations to ensure food safety. To people like Marion Dansby, who was waiting in line for food, not bombs, 
The motivation behind the citation seemed less about the quality of the meals. The volunteers were piling plates high with strawberries, blueberries, salad, pasta, beans, and stewed potatoes, and more more about moving homeless people away from desirable locations. Houston was afraid they weren't getting uh, like good nutrition from the food. That's what they're saying. <laughs> or it's like That's what they're being saying. contaminated. Okay. I get it, she said. She's been the nearby library historic Julian Idison's building rented out for beautiful weddings. She's seen the nearby library's historic Julian Idison building rented out for beautiful weddings. But at the same time, she thought the work being done could also be seen as beautiful, fit for the steps of nearby City Hall. Why fight over this, she asked. This is what people are supposed to do. Hey, I get it. Who wants to have their special wedding day ruined by something as gross as people feeding homeless people, right? (laughs) I mean, come on, we're trying to eat over here. (laughs) Clinton Ards, 51, often woke up cold or soaking wet in a state of confused unease, surrounded by metal bars. Then the pieces would click together in his mind. He was sleeping outdoors in the safest spot he could find, a little-used corner of Tranquility Park near City Hall, where a metal gate provided some protection. His mornings weren't always like this. He once worked 12-hour shifts, securing heavy loads to cranes as a rigger. But small fractures in his heel cost him his career and his secure housing. Oh, my God. On Tuesday evenings, he volunteers to help the Fazi Fellowship, a group of Muslim volunteers that used to serve outside of the library. Now the Fazi Fellowship is one of the charitable groups that serves in the city-designated police parking lot. The first time Arge went to the new location, he looked up and noticed a row of barred cell windows overlooking the site. He had once spent time in one of the cells for a drug charge and figured they were part of the reason the city had decided to make the lot the designated location for meals. If anyone trying to get a meal acted out of line, he reasoned, they'll take you around the corner and take your ass to jail. It won't just be a ticket. (laughs) Oh, so look, I was right. That is what this is. Why would anybody want to come to the police? Why don't you want Why to come to the people on the fringes of society not want to come to the police right. parking lot? The night after police issued the first ticket to a Food Not Bombs volunteer, Philip Picone tossed and turned in bed, questions running through his mind. Should he volunteer the next day as he usually did? What would happen if he had to spend a night in jail? Who would take care of his bird and his dog? Then he thought that's exactly what they want to happen. Scare people out of showing up and suddenly there's nobody there feeding people. He went the next day and received a ticket. For Pacone, food not bombs work resonates with his Catholic upbringing. Share your food with the hungry, says Isaiah 58.7. The group, which has over a thousand chapters around the world, according to its website, picks up vegetarian donation from places like Whole Foods then prepares and distributes the meals. Foods Not Bombs cites frames, cite frames the act in the language of activism against society's moral failings. We are not a charity, but dedicated to taking nonviolent direct action. When the charitable food ordinance passed in 2012, it drew widespread protests. 34,000 Houstonians signed a petition asking the issue be put to voters as a way to repeal the law. From the outset, Food Not Bombs considered a civil disobedience as a way to fight the law. 
Ultimately, the mayor at the time, Anise Parker, gave permission to Food Not Bombs to continue giving away meals outside the downtown library. And the city did little to designate feeding spots or give out tickets. Now the battle over Food Not Bombs feeding in front of the library has entered the courts. In Florida and Las Vegas, similar Food Not Bombs cases against city... Doesn't Ron Pl- Somebody has a joke about this, about feeding... Feeding people at feeding the homeland, and they got they're in jail. Somebody has a funny joke about this. Uh, oh, Dave Reinitz, I bet is the guy. City rules limiting food sharing in parks were decided in not, food not bombs favor. Oh, really? In the case of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, an appellate court said the organization's food sharing was expressive conduct protected by the First Amendment. The publication Florida Bulldog reported that the case cost Fort Lauderdale taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. Why not use that money to feed the fucking homeless? But it was worth it. But it was worth it. And they lost. I like uh, it's the First Amendment. And to that I say, freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of reach. (laughs) If you say that, you're a piece of garbage. By the time Pacone went to the municipal courthouse for his first hearing, he said conviction had replaced his anxiety. He could see the police station and its parking lot from the courthouse steps. I think this needs to be exposed to the people of Houston, what's being done in their name. People living on the sidewalk outside the Beacon, a day shelter, said they've noticed a drop in Good Samaritan since the ticket started. Samuel Butler Jr. motioned at himself, then at a neighbor. I'm diabetic. I have to eat. She's pregnant. She's eating for two. What is this? Why are you doing this? There they are. Hey, look at that diverse mayor. It's almost as if it doesn't make a difference how diverse the uh, leadership is. You still get the same uh, nonsense. It it is nicer when uh, an African-American is screwing over the homeless people. Isn't it? Doesn't make it feel nicer? No. I I know it makes a lot of white donors feel nicer. certainly does. (laughs) Uh, Our country is over. I don't know if you've driven around our country. What country do you live in? (laughs) But it's over, and now China and Russia are going to work together with Brazil and South Africa and India, and the petrodollar is going away, and all the things you thought Trump was going to do is being done now uh, by Joe Biden and the grown-ups. Here's when it dawned on me that it's over, is when Aaron was hosting, and we watched a Vice undercover video of them going to Cuba to show you what a hellhole Cuba is, and oh. walking down the city streets, and... Uh, now, back there, in the day, that probably would have, oh, an old 50s car. The way on the streets, I'm like, where's all the homeless people? It's so unbelievable to not see people laying all over the street that I was like, what are you, can't afford it, Cuba? <laughs> you can't afford Losers? to have homeless people? So there's no homeless people in Cuba? There was no one. It, it was like, how are they even playing this? To, I live in L.A. You're going to show me a video of a magical place with nobody on the street? Are you joking? Everybody has education. A place I never thought good about. And everybody and everybody has health care. In fact, they export doctors all over the world in, from Cuba. Well, I'm sure they got a lot of their, like, making it look better. But guess what? Even their, even with their fakery, you think that's not better than no people in the, with, than people in the street? Hey, Siri, does Cuba have homeless people? Hidden homeless in Cuba, the Borgen Project. Oh, they hide them in shelter? It's a, <laughs> ha, Where do they hide they, them? They hide them in houses. That's the whole thing. They're not <laughs> hidden. <but. laughs> it says Cuba, <laughs> Cuba currently enjoys a near zero rate of homelessness. 
This is primarily due. Come on. Oh, it didn't open. Oh, wait. Okay, here it is. Through massive construction boom under the Castro regime beginning in 1959, housing has been an integral part of Cuba's social and political issues. Here's some, so there you go. Well, that's why we should never do that. So Castro gave everybody housing, and uh, that's why you can't have that. That's oh, that. look at him trying to hide his that's, homeless that's that, problem away inside of housing. That Typical. That's that Marxism. <laughs> I've never been pro-Cuba in my entire life. How do you deny the very obvious thing? You drive through downtown LA and look so, at that. So the whole idea is that that Cuba is socialist and socialism doesn't work. Well, yeah. if it doesn't work, why do we have to sanction them? Well, that, why, that's can't, my question. why can't we just let their economy crumble? It has if never it's so worked bad. anywhere, and yet we've just lost random trillions of dollars fighting a thing that doesn't work. That's weird. <laughs> Hey, become a premium member. Go to JimmyDoreComedy.com. Sign up. It's the most affordable premium program in the business. All the voices performed today are by the one and only, the inimitable Mike McRae. He can be found at MikeMcRae.com. That's it for this week. You be the best you can be, and I'll keep being me. Do not freak out. Freak out. Freak out. Freak out.